it's the middle of the night, and we find ourselves in a stunning glass box of a house in a well-to-do neighborhood in Washington, D.C. A couple is fast asleep when a strange sound pierces the silence. The wife is startled awake. Panicked, she nudges her sleeping husband and whispers, I think there's someone in the house. The husband opens his eyes and hears the sound too. It sounds like a voice, but what it's saying they can't quite make out. With a baseball bat clutched firmly in his hand, he goes to investigate. The sound of running water leads him into the kitchen. And just as he enters the room, the tap shuts off, all by itself. Then, the deafening sound of heavy metal music begins blasting from every speaker in the house. Then it's the in-ground sprinkler's turn to come to life, going into hyperdrive, soaking the perfectly manicured garden. Next, it's the light fixtures that seem to get possessed, flicking on and off, on and off. Then the window blinds open and close, and the coffee machine spits steam onto the counters, and the shower turns on, all by itself. In case you hadn't guessed it by now, this couple is living in a smart home full of all sorts of smart automated stuff. The man furiously punches at the smart panel that controls his smart home system, but no luck. And then, finally, as quickly as it all started, it stops. The house is silent. And the couple realize that they've been hacked. Their smart home and all of their smart devices were the victims of an angry person with an axe to grind. What I've just described to you was a scene from the 2016 Pierce Brosnan movie, IT. And if you haven't seen the movie, don't feel all that left out because barely anyone did. I did a little research into the film's box office numbers and get this. For the film's opening weekend in the UK, this film, with its decent-sized star, took in a kind of mind-blowing $416.50. That's total across all the theaters in the UK. And I have to say, having sat through the entire film as research for this episode, you're not missing much. It feels like the kind of cyber paranoia that Hollywood is so good at getting wrong. But digging around online, there are examples of smart devices that can be hacked, sometimes with dire consequences. Earlier this year, the FDA issued a warning that a certain brand of implantable cardiac devices were susceptible to hacking. Things like pacemakers and defibrillators, things that were being used to control patients' heart functions, could now be hacked so that not only could they be programmed to stop working, but it was also possible to program them to deliver shocks to the patients that were wearing them. That is obviously terrifying, but thankfully, my heart is pretty good, and the only smart device I currently have in my life is a smart thermostat. When I moved into my house a few years ago, I traded a perfectly good working thermostat for one that was five times the price, and now I have the ability to set the temperature of my home without ever having to leave the comfort of my couch, which I have to say, I totally love. But like those pacemakers I mentioned that were susceptible to hacking, my thermostat is controlled through an app. So my question is, is bringing a smart device like that into my home a good idea? Or am I trading that small amount of convenience that I love so much for the very real possibility that what I'm actually doing is making myself more vulnerable. We're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete. 
but will it work? Shake hands with danger. My name is Jeff Siskin, and I'm here as always with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Hello, Bruce. Ah, hello, Jeff. In just a few minutes, a hacker is coming over to my house, and he has threatened to show me how he is going to be able to hack this new smart doorbell that I've just purchased. Uh, and I bought it because I thought it seemed cool. But first, my friend, I have some questions for you. Sure. Have you seen the movie that nobody's seen, uh, IT, starring Pierce Brosnan? No, I have not. I, it, I, know, I know some friends of mine swear by it as a you know, completely ridiculous uh, movie. Don't feel bad you haven't seen it because nobody has seen it, I think is one of those things. You know, and I'm kind of a Pierce Brosnan fan. I loved I loved Remington Steel when I was a kid. <laughs> so I feel like I should see it, but I just have not. Yeah, it's like Remington Steel with a lot of bad uh, sci-fi tech in it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that maybe a lot of the stuff that happened from the tone of your voice, it seems to me that maybe that's not something I should be scared of. You know what? I really want a smart garage door opener. <laughs> Like I, I, I don't know why, but like I want to, you know, when I'm out riding my bike with my kids, I want to just not have my garage door opener like in my pants, you know, or like in my pants pocket. <laughs> like I want to carry, just have my phone and be and able these to are open these it. ones where there's an app on your phone. Yeah, so you can open your garage door with the app. Yeah, and and I really want one, but you know, I just I just don't see that the security is there yet. Right, I think there's so many different ways to hack these devices, either directly or you know through the app or through some sort of web interface that, you know, I've, I've been really picky and choosy. In getting ready to chat with you, I decided I wanted to be actually uh, perhaps smart this time and, and think about a few things ahead of time. So I read an article in Gizmodo that was titled 15 Idiotic Internet of Things Devices That Nobody Ever Asked For. And I'd like to read a couple to you to get your thoughts on them. Sure. There's a smart water bottle that glows when you should be drinking because, as the article, I think, uh, rightly points out, the concept of drinking water when you're thirsty has suddenly become <laughs> unfashionable. And we need our water bottle to tell us it's time to hydrate. There's a smart hairbrush mm -hmm. that uses all these state-of-the-art sensors, including a microphone, oddly enough, to tell you if you're brushing your hair correctly. Oh, does it, like, listen for, the, for snags or something? I guess so. I have huh. no idea. There's a Bluetooth toaster that apparently sends you messages when your toast is done to your desired level of crispness. And I don't know about you, but I've never pushed on the toaster and then like gone to town or something. <laughs> right. So, but 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 you know, this will do if you if you really find yourself unable to stay in the kitchen uh, and listen for the Bing, you can do that. And then there was maybe my favorite because I truly can't understand what it does. It's a smart pair of flip flops. <laughs> Which, as the article pointed out, doesn't do anything useful. Like, what it could do is, is sort of do fitness tracking data. Right. Instead, somehow, it has the ability to send you alerts about any discounts you might be interested in. <laughs> That's utterly bizarre. And I, and I realize this is on a podcast, so you didn't see me do that dog-eared... You know, that, that dog expression where the head tilts. But that's just bizarre. So I kind of wonder, in terms of the Internet of Things... Are we now at the tipping point with all this? Yeah, I think we're, we're just kind of going crazy, right? People are trying to figure out what we can stick in to these devices to make them smart and make them, make, make them a reason why you would buy another toaster. And to be honest, it's, it's a great opportunity for, for hacks, right? I mean, if you've got everything's quote-unquote smart or everything's got a computing stack on it, um, you know, odds are the majority of those are not going to be built with, with security in mind. Right, So it, it may be opening up a lot of opportunity for, for hacks in the future. All these things we've talked about so far fall under the category of the Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. But there's something else I learned about recently which kind of blew my mind a little bit. 
the internet of cows. <laughs> and, and, so through digital technology, it's not just your thermostat that's smarter now, but it's your cows as well. And we spoke with uh, Brant Kushner, who is the dairy business manager for a company called Alflex, which is, and I'm going to quote here from their website, leading, developing, manufacturer, and marketer of cow milking and herd intelligence solutions, which I had to quote because I actually have no idea what that means. I'm excited for this. I, I want to hear this. Okay, well, let's, I'm going to play that for you now. When we say we connect animals to the internet, we really are talking about the information that we have on individual animals. And cows are like professional athletes. They have the ability to do something that is absolutely incredible genetically. But just like a professional athlete, if they're not well cared for, if they're not well fed, if they're not comfortable, if they're not free from nervousness or uh, free from fear, they don't produce as well, just like a basketball player that maybe didn't sleep well last night. So this information is collected, devices that are either in the form of an ear tag or a neck collar to monitor motion of the animals ongoing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's transmitted back to an office on the dairy so that we better understand their needs and better understand how to take care of them. The whole goal is to make data information. We use algorithms to understand, is this animal sick? Is this animal nervous? Is this animal ready to be bred? So we can tell if an animal is eating. We can tell if an animal is panting due to heat. We can tell if an animal is walking. And we can tell if an animal is chewing or cut. This information is used on the dairy all the time, but it is also pushed up to the cloud and that gives us the ability to transfer that information to a dairy producer's mobile device. So they could be on a plane, they could be on the other side of the planet, and they could look on their phone and say, these are the cows that need attention from somebody on my staff today. And just as importantly, these are the cows that really want us to leave them alone. They're doing fine. They really don't want humans to touch them, and we can accommodate those cows as well. So that was Brant Kushner from Alflex, which is a company that deals with cow technologies, uh, talking about the internet of cows. If I, if I may, that was a very moving section. <laughs> that was such a dad joke. Thanks. I'm going to have to write that down and, and humiliate my kids by, uh, by telling them. <laughs> so now Jeff Vaughn, who is the senior security engineer with a company called Security Innovation. Mm -hmm. He's on his way over to my house where he is going to hack my brand new, not even installed smart doorbell and uh i'm slightly freaked out about the whole thing but, i you know uh, I, i'm glad you're you're always willing to take one for the team uh, there's <laughs> there's no way i would let people like you do in, in into my house well well thank you not only is he coming to my house but literally i've never met this guy uh before in my life i talked to him on the phone once and he seemed like and he has my name and spells it the same complicated way g-e-o-f-f -F oh, nice. i do nice. so i figured how bad could he be <laughs> <laughs> all right wish me luck bruce good luck I'm here with Jeffrey Vaughn, and we're at my house. Thanks for coming over. Oh, pleasure. We are about to install a smart doorbell uh, to my front door, which you are then going to hack. That's correct. Okay. Before we go and drill a bunch of holes into the front of my house, explain to me what exactly a smart doorbell does. It can shoot and record video, and uh, you can have two-way conversations with them and video chat, one, well, one way of the video chat. 
And my understanding is that access to all of these photos or this, this chat feature, it all happens through an app either on your phone or your laptop. That's correct. So in theory, someone could ring my doorbell. I could be sitting on a beach in Tahiti. My smartphone would bing or bong or whatever it would do. And I could, in theory, see who is at my door from the beach. Yep. Cool. Okay. So are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to install this to my front door. And then I guess we will go through all the installation things so that it gets set up properly. Right. It's not that bad. Pretty easy to install. Okay. You may still have to hold my hand and show me how to do this. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I'm not the swiftest, sharpest knife in the drawer. But uh, we'll do that. And then, and then um, you will take it down. Sure. All right. Let's do this. Should be good. And then once the bracket's mounted, it just the device just slides into place. I have to say it looks like the computer HAL from 2001. It has the scary eyeball that kind of stares back at you. They're all trying to define what is future tech and what does that look like? What does a modern device look like? And a lot of these IoT devices are as much of a marketing and branding play as they are the technology themselves, right? Well, I think if I was a, a criminal coming to my front door, I'd be intimidated by that. So first thing I'm going to do is I, I've installed the doorbell app. So you're installing the doorbell app directly onto my phone so I can control it remotely. The ones that you do the app support are going to come with uh, their own app. So we're going to set up a new device and it should show up in your device list. Okay. We have set it up properly. It says, congratulations, your setup is done. Shall we demo this doorbell? How does it work? Well, like you, just as a straight doorbell. You, you ring the door. Okay, so I. I <laughs> were there instructions on that? No, uh, I'm pretty sure you just push the button. Just push the button. We got a real wise guy here, huh? Okay, so I'm gonna come to my house. Oh, that was a nice chime. Oh, and <laughs> there I am at my front door. Yeah, and we can just choose to accept or ignore it, and then when we accept, it's it's like a. Skype call or anything like that, where you can just have a two-way conversation, and then you can see the video of what's going on at your door. We're getting a lot of feedback because we're right next to it. Okay, this is very funny. So, so to describe what's happening is, is on this tablet, we can see a super fish-eyed version of us at the front door ringing the doorbell. Yes. And then, so this is also an intercom where we the, could talk to the doorbell, and the doorbell could talk back to us. Right. I want to test this out. Okay. Do you want to just stand? Can you sit? In, go inside the door for one second. You want to call me? I'm going to call you. I want to try the intercom. Hello? Hey, did you bring your keys with you? I think you're locked up. <laughs> did you just lock me out of my own home? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what you get for letting a hacker in your home? This is the worst idea I've ever had. So we now have the doorbell hooked up to my front door. We've gone back inside, and now it is time for you to work your hacker magic and actually hack the thing. So what you would do now is send me some sort of phishing email to try and get me to download something? That's one way. Yeah, and that one way would be to get you to install an app. Okay, so, you know, obviously I know you're doing this, so so I'm not going to put you through the um, rigmarole of actually having to trick me. So you have sent me an email. 
uh, along with uh, a link to an app that I can download. Okay. Uh, it looks very official. Yeah, and depending on how much effort I want to put in, uh, I could make it look more and more legitimate. It doesn't have to be uh, a doorbell app. It could be any app, and probably half the apps on your device right now are probably scraping similar information that I'm grabbing. Okay, that's horrifying. There's a difference, I guess, between, I should differentiate between malicious apps and a device that's just designed to scrape some data, build a profile on you so that it could better market to you, right? And that's that's the trade-off, is they're saying, oh, we're providing you value by giving you a free game, but it's costing you as much information as we can get. When you see an app and the device permissions it asks for, well, why does it need, why does a video game need to know my exact location or have access to my pictures or have access to local files, systems, okay. right? So they start asking for more and more permissions that get more and more invasive and they collect more and more information on you. Okay, so let me, let me just download this, I guess, you know, dummy app for the moment mm -hmm. to, to my smartphone. So hold on a second. Uh... Okay, take it. okay, so that's, so I have it. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so I'm, I'm looking at my doorbell app. I'm able to see uh, a super fish-eyed version of my street um, where there's nothing happening on it right now. Um, but it's a very beautiful day, so it's a nice picture. Uh, and meanwhile, in the background, you are doing your sinister things and gathering all sorts of information. What kind of information? Well, the main thing I'm after, I mean, I could go after personal information. If the application stored your password insecurely, I could go after that. If it stored information about the how it connects to the device, I could go after that. Uh, different ones. Often we'll see with Android apps uh, is an iOS apps for all of these IoT devices is they just cache and store everything. Um, so there's a possibility of a lot of information to be leaked. Uh, in this case, what I'm going after is a secret value that's used to log into your account. Is that something that takes a long time to do, or, or is that relatively quick? Well, I've already got, uh, I've already scraped that secret value I was talking about that allows me to communicate with the app server directly, the doorbell server. And with that, with that secret value, I can pretend to be you. And I can say, what's my email address? And it'll say, oh, here's your email address. And then I can say, how many devices do I have? And it will respond with, these are the devices you have. And I say, oh, well, what is the call log on this device? And it'll respond with, here's the call log on this device. And, and what, what's a call log? Well, like how many times the doorbell was run. Oh, okay. Right. And then I'll say, oh, do you have any video recordings available of any of these calls? Yes. Oh, here, let's play the video. Okay, so can you, can you from your laptop, call up any of the videos from my, from my uh, doorbell? Yes. This is the one from earlier today when we were. I think this is when I locked you out. <laughs> Hello. So on your laptop, you have a very fish-eyed video of me locked outside my own home that would have been. You know, that was recorded about an hour ago on my own account. Yes. So how does this work? Are you are you taking over my account or just able to to see what's going on? What are you what are you actually doing? We're basically sharing the account at this point. So as 
someone is ringing a doorbell, it's going to ring my device, and it's also going to ring your evil hacker device. That's right. And, and whether that's as a clone of you or as a, a second user that has access to that system, either way is possible. Okay, well, Jeff, talk is cheap. I want to put this to the test. I'm going to go downstairs, ring the doorbell, and you, using your hacker interface, are going to try and gain access to my account. You up for this? Yes. Okay. Hello? Hello, evil hacker. How are you? Good. Uh, thanks for giving me access to your doorbell. <laughs> my pleasure, I guess. Are you able to see everything, all of my settings, uh, and, and access everything perfectly? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you'd be able to do with the mobile app, I'd be able to do as well. Okay, that's amazing. And are you able to see me right now? Yep. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's amazing. Uh, this is creeping me out. All right, I'm I'm coming in, and this time I brought my keys. All right. I have to say, you did it. Congratulations, you have officially hacked my brand new doorbell. Um, I guess it's interesting because I, I have long thought of these devices as the physical devices themselves, but I guess what you've exploited is is the app and the device in many ways is only as good as the app that you're using to control it. That's right. And it's only as it's there's many areas and avenues in which you could attack these devices, right? It's only as good as the physical controls around it and the wireless networking it goes through as well as the app that is installed and the remote server that it connects to and the infrastructure that it relies on. I think what it's convincing me is that uh I'm not going to upgrade my devices. And so I'm feeling that for the moment, I think I'm going to keep the rest of my things dumb. I don't want to be like the negative, don't do anything, don't, you know, go live in a box. There's a lot of great, uh, great ways that technology enhances our lives. Uh, it's true. I, I think it's just... But it, choose it. Choose how you engage. I think that's just my own uh, sense of paranoia, uh, mainly through doing this program, of uh, just feeling like I just want to go live off the grid somewhere. <laughs> and, and there's hackers watching me everywhere, and nothing is safe, not even my doorbell. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jeffrey. All right, I am back with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Bruce, Jeff Vaughn did it. He hacked my doorbell. I'm going to have to take my doorbell off because I don't like it anymore and I don't think it's cool. <laughs> well, so so when he hacked it, um, I mean, do you, do you feel like he did something that would, you know, he could gain some sort of advantage? Do you think he could make money off of the hack? Or Well, no, unless he could... Well, I guess he could break into my... Could he break in? No, maybe he couldn't. I think it's more it's more invasive than it is for economic gain. Right. So are you trying to tell me through your veiled charm that the fact that he wouldn't have an economic gain would mean that maybe he wouldn't do this in the real world? Well, no. So what I I think the the reason I asked that is because I think the initial response to thinking about hacking IoT is is panic, right? And and understandably so, right? I mean, as you said, is he's using the you know the the 
the application to be able to log in and, and see everything that, uh, that you're, you can see through your doorbell. Um, but realistically, there's no, there's no financial gain from that. But what, what is happening is that he's getting a foothold on your network. Okay. Right. And that's, that's really kind of always my concern about any sort of IOT hack is that, you know, you, you think about your network as your safe home, right? Like your, your sanctuary, right? You know, in fact, we always tell people, uh, don't do banking when you're out connected to Wi-Fi at the coffee shop, right? As we yeah. demonstrated as, yes. <laughs> previously. Uh, but, you know, when you say go, you know, wait till you go home, right? And, and why is that, right? It's because we think about the home network as being secure and safe. But if we, it, it's, it's that you've got all these devices that are basically poking holes in your, your home network. And, you know, something that on, you know, a large organization or a large company is, is used to, right? That's why they have these huge cybersecurity teams that have, you know, are able to spend lots of money on hardware to, you know, hardware and systems and everything to keep, keep the network safe. But the average consumer does not have that luxury. And so I think what we're going to be seeing is basically, you know, moving this enterprise kind of security to the home network. So the, the idea being that my home can be set up with the same type of things that a large corporation is. Right, right. Is that, and, okay. and, but the problem is, you know, that the, the average person is not going to know how to do that, right? So okay. any sort of tool like this is going to have to be, you know, somewhat simplistic, right? And simplistic from a management perspective, right? You want, yes. I, w- I want my dad to be able to turn something like this on and not have to worry about it, right? Okay. Um, I, I, I always call it solving for the dad men, right? <laughs> So let's talk, let's talk practical here. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided if I'm keeping this smart doorbell. You should. I think you should. I should? Okay, yeah, yeah, it's cool yeah. enough. I don't like the fact that I have to charge it every two weeks, but I could maybe learn to figure that out. I, you know, there was a point where I didn't have to plug in my phone every, every five minutes. <laughs> but um, okay, so what, what, are, what are, give me some specific tips. What can I do to keep myself safe knowing that I kind of like the idea of all these smart things? Well, I think the big thing is to use standard security practices, right? Like when you get a, you know, like a new nanny cam or a new smart doorbell or something like that, uh, make sure that you are securing it with a good password. Okay. Right. So for example, your doorbell, you know, there's a web interface or an app that you log into, you create your account. Um, Don't use, you know, puppies 2016 as, as your password. Right. Don't use puppies. Don't do not. Okay. I'm, do not. I'm, I'm writing. I'm writing this down. Okay. Okay. What, uh, <laughs> what else can we do? You know, and and also just keep an eye on things, right? Keep an eye on you know unusual activity. If if you're seeing that you know your doorbell is triggering and there's nobody there, it may be not necessarily a hacker consciously doing it, but that may be a side effect of the hack, right? It may be causing you know certain uh, aspects of the the device to trigger or whatever. Uh, so you definitely want to make sure that you keep an eye out, out for any sort of unusual uh, activity, which really brings me to my third point of of how yep. you you stay safe is to make sure that those devices are updated, right? Okay. It's, it's the same advice I give for you know your phone or your PC or your Mac, uh, but for IoT, it's something that I think people are going to have to be you know get into the habit of of updating those devices, right? I think. You know, years ago, we you would never have thought about okay. Well, I have to make sure my light bulbs are, you know, up to date. That I've got the latest <laughs> firmware version on it, right? It's definitely not. Um, but it's something that that people are going to have to start doing. So let me see if I have this right. 
secure all of your IoT, Internet of Things, devices with a good password, one that's not easily guessable. Keep your eye out for unusual activity. If your doorbell is ringing repeatedly and no one's there, you might want to remove the device and see if there's any monkey business taking place. Maybe Google the problem to see what's up. And for all of your devices in your home, do make sure that they are up to date. And you can usually check that out by checking the app that came along with it. And one more that I want to add that I learned during the hack itself is that you should be wary of apps that you download to your phone. If the app is asking for all sorts of crazy permissions that it clearly doesn't need to run, then you should probably ask yourself why. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I think I'm taking off the doorbell. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Once again, I appreciate uh, everything. Always a pleasure, Jeff. (laughs) All right. Take care, Bruce. I'm Jeff Siskind, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. If you like the show and you want to hear more, please subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts or using the Pocket Casts app or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you feel like leaving us a review, please do. It's really, really so great to hear what people think of the show. And if you're curious about anything we've talked about and you want to find out more, you can go to hackablepodcast.com where there's all sorts of great background info. Thanks for listening.